Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on 101.9 FM CITR Radio from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. I am Zachary Adam Marzenheimer. And you're joining us for a special Vancouver Whitecaps end of season show. Or is it? Nobody knows. We're not quite going to be doing our end of season stuff because the season is hanging by a ball here, as we like to say in Scotland. It's hanging by the thinnest of threads. It all depends on whether MLS will reschedule the San Jose LAFC game midweek, called off on Sunday because of some positive tests amongst the LAFC camp, From what I understand, they're going to be doing more testing to kind of see if it's widespread, if there's false negatives, how much it is there, and if the game can be played midweek. If it can be played midweek, the Whitecaps still have a chance. We'll delve into all that during the show. We're also going to look at the game against Portland at Providence Park on Sunday night, and we're going to chat some CPL as well. We're going to kick things off, though, with that latest match. We're not going to talk too much about it, because in the grand scheme of everything that has happened this week, that's the least exciting and the least interesting part of what we've got to talk about on tonight's show. So let's get that out of the way first. A 1-0 defeat against Portland, in Portland, where this time we were the away team. It's very complicated. Two shots on target, officially, for the whole 90 minutes in a game that the Whitecaps had to at least take something from, at least one point, ideally three, two shots on target. One of those was the weakest of weak headers from Lucas Cavallini that I don't even think you could class as a shot. The other was him sticking a foot out and directing the ball goal bound. Overall, I think a lot of good effort tonight, guys. But the quality and the lack of quality and the big difference between the top teams in the West and the Whitecaps, was laid bare for everyone to see tonight, Steve. Yeah, the inability to create enough chances. They're not good enough to finish these chances. You have to create more. Uh, More dangerous chances in the box, around the box, outside the box. So they needed to get more people in danger, more people that could create, and it was just not enough. Yeah, you could say the effort was there, but sometimes the effort isn't, 
isn't what you're looking for. You're looking for more finish and more creativity. I mean, the effort was there, Zach. The, I don't think you can fault the guys. They, they did put in a hard shift. They put in a good defensive shift. The goal that they gave up to Yimichara, great team goal, great build-up, and a beautiful finish from the, the Colombian. Uh, it's like a swivel kicking into the corner. All well taken. I don't know that you could say that Portland were way, way better, but they certainly had the quality there, and they were they took the chance that they got. As for the Whitecaps, they did have more shots, 12 shots compared to 11, but as MDS said after the match, you can read a lot into stats like that, but what it boils down to is the quality. There was just what MDS felt, no person on that pitch that could be the difference maker and come up with something special that the team needed. It was not an exciting, a super exciting game. Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone would say that it was. Um, I, I too, I don't question uh, tonight. I don't question the, the effort of the players, like you said, Michael. Um, but I, I, it does highlight some things that we've talked about, you know, for a long time. Like you said, lack of quality in the squad, um, especially in comparison to the other teams in the league but just in general as well. And also uh, something else we've mentioned before, and I think it originally came from like a YouTube comment. I can't remember who originally said it, but we've talked about it a few times now. It seemed like one of those games where uh, the Whitecaps could defend, but defend mostly well, but get nothing going like offensively. So it it felt like they uh, could only do one thing well, and it it wasn't even well enough to get uh, anything from the match. When you look at the lineup as well, that was the the best lineup that the Whitecaps could have put out there. Milinkovic is still back in Vancouver. Looking at everything else, maybe you could have put Bear or Ricketts on the wing instead of Tybert. But I think, Steve, that was, that was the best that, that we could have had out there. And if that's the best that we could have had out there and they're off the pace like that, it, it does show the work that needs to get done in this offseason. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think it was the best. Um, I think uh, I personally would have put uh, Baldissimo. Got, found a place for Baldissimo in the lineup. He is the only person that gets the ball up up the field. Um, I don't care what his age is at this point. Uh, they needed the best player in that spot. They don't have a pure number 10. If you don't have a number 10 in your lineup, you need somebody that can spray the ball from a deeper line position. So they needed that. Um, like a player like him would have been able to switch play back and forth from wing to wing. And that, and the times that he did have chances, a guy like Ali Adnan was pretty dangerous on the left side. Um, it, it would have probably helped the homie get a little open once in a while. Um, and then even Nowitzki once in a while on the right side. So you have a, a dangerous attacker on the on one side. You have one on Adnan on the other side. A guy like Baldissimo would have, been beneficial other than that yeah every brother position probably yeah the strongest lineup they had steve who would you would you put him in for bickle or uh Owosu? i would have put in if okay if, if you feel like new whiskey uh, if you feel like bickle would have been a better spot like is better at right back than new whiskey i would have moved him to right back and then take new whiskey off if you feel like new whiskey is the better right back because of experience or whatever else you can see in it then i would have taken bickle off yeah, I, I, I can I, I, I can agree with that. I think we've said uh, also m- many times over the last few weeks that 
um, we, we want to see Baldissimo play as much as possible. Not that he is infallible, not that he, uh, you know, uh, you know, hasn't, nope. hasn't made some plays that, that weren't, weren't the best or whatever, but he needs like the match experience to grow, to continue to grow and to continue to develop. And on top of that, he offers things that, uh, it feels like those other central midfielders really, uh, you know, don't, especially, uh, distribution. And the thing is, is you have, uh, if you keep uh, Bikel or Nowitzki uh, on the right side, or you keep Tybert on the left side at left wing, you have that defensive mentality in other spots where that can maybe make up. You've got to change up your tactics where you allow Baldissimo to roam free and not worry too much about the defensive and have somebody else cover for him when it comes to the defensive play. That's what you need to do because they needed to take a risk to get the result. And uh, clearly playing it safe has not worked for them when they, they play against the top team. So they need to take risks. I mean, I, I feel that starting the way that they did was fine because you don't want to take a risk early. And I think they were going again for the keeping it level until half time, and then see what they can do for the second half. But what I would say is, as soon as they went one goal down, that is when Baldissimo needed to come on. He didn't come on to the 79th minute. That, to me, was head-scratching because you needed to immediately change things up, and he was the guy that could have done that. So I would have brought him on as soon as that ball hit the back of the net. I, I agree with you, Michael. Um, I, I didn't get to participate in the, the last podcast, um, but Steve, Stephen Egan, uh, I think, said something that was was really interesting about that about the match against Seattle, and that is that uh, Vancouver and MDS and the coaching staff, in particular, really surprised Schmetzer and Seattle in how they how they came out for the first time in a while they didn't come at them with a four i think the first time this year they didn't come at them with a 4-4-2 um and they changed things up and it caught them off guard i think the mistake that that vancouver made that arguably the coaching staff made was not um was they just they just kind of let it roll you know they, they kind of said okay we hit you know we, we were hit in the first half we hit it well we we, we did something that surprised seattle uh, they didn't allow them to get into their flow of things. Um, but they had to have known that Schmetzer was going to change something at the half. He wasn't just going to keep saying, okay, let's just keep going and let's keep trying and banging our head against the wall and, and hopefully something will happen. He had to know, they had to have known Schmetzer was going to try something different. And they just went out and sort of played this, the same way. And Seattle made changes that changed the game, including, you know, having game changers in their squad. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Michael. I felt it, it would have made more sense. It felt like it would have made more sense to, as soon as you go down to Portland, make some significant changes. And those changes didn't come soon enough. And the changes that were made ultimately weren't enough. I just, I, I, I just feel like, like I know you, Michael, you mentioned playing it safe. I don't feel like playing itself of safe has helped them in the past. Yeah, you can play safe for moments, but you gotta sometimes take a risk and. I have a feeling Portland probably just when they saw the lineup, they realized that they were playing it safe and they weren't going to go after it right off the bat. Um, so I, I feel like you got to make some, uh, take some risks, make some changes, and 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 get somebody out there that can um, elevate uh, your attacking options. And uh, a guy like Baltimore would do that. Owusu and Bikel are very good in closing down in the midfield, but they're not really good at t- taking the ball forward. No, just just the one thing about it. Jimmy Chariore, he is one of their DPs, right? Or is he still? He was brought in as a DP, wasn't he? He was brought in as a young I need DP. To I think. Check or that. Yeah. 
Young DP at the time, I think he might be a TAM player, but I could be mistaken on that. Anyways, it just felt like another example of they lost to another team's quality, right? Like yeah. just with Seattle, Rui Diaz, Ladero. It was just another example of, the, you know, there's an umpteen number of examples out there of them losing to teams whose players, quality players, just out, outdo them and are the difference. And the thing is the goal that they gave up. I know you're saying it's a good team goal, but where was the winger on the right-hand side covering? Like, Nowitzki was basically left to dry there. Um, thank God he didn't have to cover Ferenko on that play because otherwise it would have been a complete wash. Um, yeah, they needed support, whether it was the right winger or uh, uh, one of those uh, safe uh, holding midfielders like Bikel and Owosu that should have covered for, on that side. They switched over so easily. It was three or four passes went from the left side, to, oh, sorry, the right side to the, yeah, their right side to their left. And it was it was way too easy. And And you can't let a guy get that much freedom on the line. And it was a quality finish from a quality player. Like that's the like that's the bottom line. That I agree with you, but yeah, it shouldn't even have come to that. And he is I've just checked he is a, a DP. So there there we go. So we won't talk too much more about the game per se because frankly there isn't really too much to talk about apart from maybe the White Caps had a bit of a late push but never really looked like they were going to score. Going to play you a little bit though of the post game audio from Mark DeSantis. And then just have a, a little quick chat about a couple of things he said just to, to round off this part. So here's MDS. Uh, a very equal game uh, between two teams that every time we play against each other, it's, it's details that make a difference. Uh, in the first game, there was that set play. Now we have this, this ball that I felt we didn't press well. Uh, they came out easily, and then they got wide, and in that that action, uh, they scored. For me to give over overall thoughts, it's uh, it was a, a close game, an equal game, a game that uh, we pushed after we conceded the goal. We continued believing and, and pushing and trying to get in behind. We got some crosses in, some good chances. Uh, one with Freddie in the first half, uh, that Chara is there on the line. The other one with with Kava. And then there was some some balls that were played in the box. Could have been dangerous one with Eric Godoy. Um, it's close games. Unfortunately, some, some of those details made a difference. And uh, their goal uh, was one of those details. Now, we, we were disappointed uh, because we... We needed to get out at least with a point. Uh, now we we still have a chance, but we depend a lot on the the, the results of uh, Colorado and San Jose right now. A match where you, you had to get something from it, at least a point. There was only two shots officially recorded on, on target. Is it kind of a case, I don't think anyone can fault the effort tonight, but maybe just the quality wasn't there in the final yeah. third? I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think that, yeah, the effort was there, the the shots. That's why I don't look a lot at the stats of shots because shots we have the the pretty much the same. I think it ended 11-11 or 12-11, something like that. Uh, but then you look at that, but you, you see, okay, but what's a real, real chance? I feel that free kick at the end... Uh, it was a great chance for us. We had to do better there. 
the 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 chance of Cav and Freddy are good chances for us. Um, but yeah, the effort was there, the the commitment was there, the trying to go and get something from the game was there. Now, what I felt is in key moments, lack of uh, uh, somebody that could make the difference, uh, somebody that could only with one play unlock something. And uh, that didn't happen uh, tonight. I know it's very early and you might not really be able to, to give an answer to this, but obviously today's postponement of LAFC and San Jose has kind of really hit the, the club hard. I, I know you probably maybe be in touch with Bob Bradley. Have you heard anything about whether there is a chance of getting that game rescheduled midweek? Look, it wasn't through Bob. Uh, of course, I, I speak with Bob, but when I speak with him, it's not about the game. I speak with him to know how he's doing and how the guys are doing and how the team is doing. Uh, because when you have cases, there's there's level of concerns that are health-related. What I'm hearing is that there's a possibility that game is played. Of course, right now, we want that game to be played, to to have a chance of... Of, I would say cheer for LA uh, and for LA to get the, the result that we want and keep us alive uh, but we don't know but it's such a it's such a weird season and such a difficult one when it comes to that that at least we're here uh, we're keeping on pushing we're trying to get the results that that we need but it, it, it's not it's not easy Michael you're 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 always playing away you're the two games against Portland were in their stadium. But, you know, we kept it close. We tried. Uh, we pushed. But we lacked uh, somebody uh, that could have made the difference tonight. When you went into halftime and you, you saw the score coming out of Colorado, did that affect anything uh, in terms of how you approached the second half and, and what you wanted to game plan uh, towards? No, we, no, JJ, we, we didn't look at the score. Uh, we, the game was 0-0. We wanted to win the game. I don't think that Portland either created incredible or good, very good chances. I think it was very equal. Uh, we always felt that we would have a chance to score. Unfortunately, tonight, uh, the last pa- the pass, the last action, the, the, just that difference uh, to score wasn't there. Uh, and in them in one of their good actions they scored and that's the difference tonight but we don't want to create levels of anxiety to to open up and then put yourself in trouble the only thing that we were concerned is is controlling our destiny uh that's what we tried to do tonight uh but again you know it's uh look the team has become better in the last eight games and grown in the last eight games and we're in every game close and uh, but but we still have the same problems and we still have the same uh, the same the same guys pushing. So at least what we're seeing is a, a, a growth inside everything that's been happening uh, in this schedule and in the last two months for us. You said there was you know like a, a something missing tonight, a, a player missing. But considering what you guys did this season to get to this point, 
you you got to feel good about the the positive steps that the club has taken. JJ, I I feel good about how much we've we've grown during a difficult season, and we're slowly finding an identity, and we're slowly finding a way of being and a way of playing. Uh, and I want this to grow, but I'm not delusional either, thinking that we don't have to make other steps also to grow. And uh, what's been incredible and what I praise the players and what I'm very proud of these guys is that, man, they, 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 they're not giving up. They, they, they keep pushing. They want to do well. They want to win. Uh, tonight, in the last 20 minutes, I felt we tried. We got in their half tried to put balls in, crosses in, tried to to get in behind. But unfortunately, what I'm saying is that we lacked someone to make a difference in, in a play because when games are so locked and not a lot of chances and kind of equal, there's always someone that's going to find the last pass, uh, a 1v1 uh, 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 Something kind of uh, that gives a spark. And I felt that although we were good getting in their half and uh, getting in the last third, then it lacked something. Uh, and uh, and look, that, that's the disappointing part. Uh, now we have to wait. Now we have to wait. But like I said uh, to everyone, we're still alive. And as long as we're alive and as long as there's a chance... You don't know. You don't know what could happen if San Jose plays LAFC and loses on Wednesday. If that game is played, well, then we go into the last game that if we beat LA, a Galaxy, and San Jose loses in Seattle, we could be in. So the thing is, uh, until there's hope and there's a chance, we're still alive today. We put ourselves in a condition this season to go to the last game still having a chance and that's what we hold ourselves uh, to. But at the same time, we think about the steps we've done, we've done inside a season like that to build for, for next year and to do the right moves for next year. So the gaffer MDS there, just chatting a little bit after the game. So the big thing that you can take from what he said, Steve, was he talked about the the lack of there being a difference maker. I asked him about the lack of quality there in the final third. Fully agreed with that, said difference maker wasn't there. JJ then followed up on that and he said, yeah, there's just there was nobody to create that magic moment, that special moment. But you look at that front two pairing, Cavallini and Montero, you have to think one of them, with their experience and what they've done in the game in general, should have been a difference maker for for a game like this. And the fact that neither of them were, or even really close to it, is quite a big concern to me. Yeah, Montero tried a couple of times. He tried to loop balls in and everything like that, but he just wasn't on his game today. Um uh, but Cavallini, he's a, a guy that, like, I, I haven't seen very, like, I still 
to this day, I haven't seen very much what he, what he's. We don't know what kind of player he is. For me, though, he's not a guy that can create his own shot. I think Zach has mentioned that when he got signed. He's not that guy. He needs to be fed, and there's no really nobody on the team that can feed him. Like I said, Adnan has done it. Montero can probably once in a while, but they needed more players to feed the uh, the tank essentially. And um, like that's why a player like Baldissimo would have been beneficial because he can get that ball up to him. He can hold up play and let other players join him. And that's what you need to do. You need to get people that can move the ball forward, uh, not sideways. Now, Zach, your favorite, Freddie Montero. I, I like Freddie. I think he's a great MLS player. We saw what he's capable of doing when he came into those last games against the Canadian teams up at BC Place. And I was like, great, Freddie's back. We all talked and raved about his link-up plays, friendship with Cavallini, everything like that. But he's been really disappointing to me since they, they went on this road spell. If you look at his stats for the, the last seven games... He's got two assists over those last seven games, and that came in one game, the 2-1 win that the Whitecaps had against LAFC. In six of those seven games, including the last four, when you really need him to, to rise up, no goals and no assists. So he's been disappointing to me, and we thought we were going to get the Freddy that we knew. For whatever reason, we simply haven't, Zach. I don't know how much you want me to say, Michael, but like, yeah, obviously... From a, su- a supporter perspective, for me, he's just not a fit for the, the Vancouver Whitecaps and has never been. But he has come in and he has, um, in different bursts, uh, you know, gotten results, right? Which is why they, I guess, chose to bring him back a second a second time. Uh, this year, obviously, he has provided some of the, uh, been a part of or provided some of the biggest moments of what has been an awkward campaign for not just the Whitecaps, but the entire league. However, I, I still don't think he's a player that they can uh, keep paying what they pay him and, and, and bring him, bring him back. I, 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 if I remember correctly, uh, I, you know, you guys haven't asked him lately, but I'm, I remember the last time you asked him last year, you know, he had a, this year was the last year of his guaranteed part of his deal. I, I don't think you can bring him back. I don't think it's a good use of, of money. And that's me putting aside my bias, my bias, uh, uh, you know, of, you know, you know, the former flounder legend. Um, that's, that was with air quotes for those who are not, mm-hmm. <laughs> no one's watching this. Um, I mean, I, I agree. And like a few weeks ago when he was doing it at a BC place, I was like, definitely bring him back. I think he's worth it. But with what he's done on the road here, I agree with you. I don't think you, you can. I actually want to ask you then, there was reports that's come out of Turkey today, Glass City tweeted this out on Sunday morning, that the Whitecaps have had another look at Kyle Laren and apparently have put in a $2 million bid. Is he the difference maker that the Whitecaps would need? How do you see Laren kind of working with Cavallini? Yeah, if memory serves me correct, I believe Carl Robinson was was trying to bring in mm. Kyle, Kyle Laren um, Back in the day, um, Kyle Laren to me, uh, I think, also has proven that he can perform in MLS. His time in Turkey has not, by you know, been 
perfect by any stretch of the imagination, which is why there's an opportunity for him to, to leave, leave Europe and come back to MLS. I, I don't see him being a, like a uh, uh, ability, uh, uh, quality, uh, characteristic fit to play alongside Lucas Cavallini. I think yeah. they're a little bit too, too similar to kind of having two battering rams up top. I also, um, even putting aside what Lucas Cavallini has done or not done in 2020 in Vancouver, I, I, I would rate him as a, I, I personally just would rate him as a, a better footballer in general, like just forgetting about the white cap situation and what they need and all that kind of stuff. I would rate him as a, as a better footballer. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Lahren, uh the thing he has is just more experience and a better so far, a better record in, in MLS than, than mm. Lucas Cavallini. But I, it, it that would be a real risk, but maybe two million is not that. Maybe two million is a reasonable risk. The biggest thing is if they bring him in, how do you how do you work with both of them? Because I really, it's really yeah. hard unless you're playing a four four two or a three five two or whatever. It's re- and even with you do, they're, they're two not exactly the same, but they're two similar ish for me to have them in, in in this in this in the same team. Yeah, yeah I, the, I think for, the same, Steve. Um, well, the, yeah, I think they're 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 not they're similar but different. They're basically uh, Cavallini's more of a you know a you know a banger in there that can um, needs to like rough it up with players and and hold up play and stuff like that. Whereas Kyle Lahren's an athletic player uh, that can use his speed to get to the spot. The problem is both of them cannot create their own shots, and that's where the similarities come in. They need, like we said before, need to be fed uh, the ball. And I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that would work that, that combination. I think, I think it would be a waste of money at that, this point, unless they're, uh, unless Cavalini is somebody that wants to move on right away or something like that. If that's the case, then yeah, bring him in. If he's not, if he's staying for long term, then definitely don't bring him in. Uh, I want to just go back to Montero really quickly. Montero for me at the beginning of the season was not considered to be a top player. He was considered to be a luxury to come off the bench. So the thing is, the fact that he's come in once in a while and 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 performed somewhat well, but not performed well in other games, is actually, I think, where he is. He's not a player that you can consider a, a regular MLS starter anymore. He's a luxury. Like we, we mentioned, other teams like Columbus or... Uh, we were, Remember we were talking about trading him. We were talking about who can, uh, he, he, who can use him off the bench as a playoff team. Yeah, that seems so long ago. A couple of things about what Steve just said. The first about the Colombian. I think that's fair, Steve, what you said. I think that's really accurate. I, but the problem is, and not just in MLS, which is a salary budget league, just in football and sports in general, you can't be paying him what you're paying him with the other realities around that. Oh, yeah, for to be, sure. To be a, a player coming off the bench to to bring a spark. So that, that's where I think... No, that's what that's what I'm saying. He's a luxury. The, uh, yeah. Whether the Whitecaps can afford it, that luxury is is debatable, very debatable. Well, no, I don't think it's even debatable. It's a, yeah. a luxury. Obviously, they can't afford because the the squad is is so weak in other places. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of Kyle Lahren, I, I don't disagree with you in that. Yeah, there are differences between the two of them. One thing I would I, I question about Kyle Lahren is he's not he's not like Jose Altador. Like his pace isn't an like his quickness isn't. I don't know if it's enough. I don't think he's quick enough. Um, no, I don't, I don't consider him quick enough, but I see him consider him quicker than Cavallini, and that's his style of play to get to the spot instead of, like, he doesn't hold up play very well. He more of a, right. is a guy that attacks the box, and try, but he needs somebody okay. to get him the ball. Okay. Yeah, okay, fair enough. 
Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say on Larn, actually, the last two things. One, at least if he comes here, he will know what side of the road we drive on in Canada. So, I mean, that is a benefit. But he is a guy that has done it in MLS. The only thing about that is he's done it at clubs where he's got a midfield that's creating and getting those chances for him. So it all boils down again. You can bring in all the top strikers you want. If we don't address this midfield, it's going to matter very little. So, so important, Michael, right? Didn't he start with like Kaká playing behind him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a different kind of Kaká playing behind him in Vancouver. (laughs) Sounds very similar though. But that is it for this first part. We will be back looking at just what tonight's result means for the Whitecaps in the grand scheme of things after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's the first song from November's Artist of the Month here at AFTN, English band Idols, with a song from their recent number one album, Ultramono, and that was Mr Motivator. And I picked that song to kick off things because of the motivational lyrics you can do it, we can seize the day. And I thought that's going to be apt for, for tonight's show because the, the Whitecaps are going to be in the playoff mix. They can seize the day. They can maybe get it done. I was just encouraging them, let's do it. Hasn't quite worked out that way. Very fitting for Halloween week that it's been a kind of a week of horror for the Whitecaps in terms of playoff permutations. Let, let's just take us back. Tuesday, it all started to unravel. They lost to Seattle, kind of expected, but it was like, okay, there's a loss there. It affected our points per game. On the Wednesday, San Jose got a 2-0 win over RSL. Good in the one hand, because it really hit RSL's hopes quite badly for the playoffs. They are now out of contention altogether after losing to the LA Galaxy tonight. Did put... San Jose ahead of the Whitecaps on points per game. But yet you looked at San Jose's last two fixtures, LAFC and Seattle, and you thought, you know what? There's a good chance they won't take anything from that. 
Thus, meaning the Whitecaps maybe just needed one win from their last two games to, to overtake San Jose because of tiebreakers and stuff. Then you had Colorado Rapids. They got beat on Wednesday to Minnesota to a late goal, an own goal. That was looking positive. But then, I was going to say the bombshell announcement. Everyone was basically expecting it. We've talked about it for a couple of weeks. We talked about it on the last show. MLS confirmed that the final playoff positionings this year would be settled on points per game. It would be an unbalanced season, not just in terms of what teams other clubs played, but in the amount of games that clubs have played. And that had a huge impact on the Whitecaps. Factor in, the Whitecaps losing tonight. Colorado beating Seattle very comfortably 3-1. I watched that game tonight as well. And the Whitecaps are in a hole. Before we get into that any further, I want to play a little bit of audio. And we're going to hear from Whitecaps head coach Mark DeSantis talking about points per game and that decision. And that was from Friday, but I also want to play a little bit from Jake Nerwinski after the game on Sunday as well, just talking about that decision and points per game. So here's MDS and Jake Nerwinski. I gave up this year when it comes to rules and things. I... It's too many things. Uh, you know, I agreed with the league when they, they didn't give, want to give us a supporter shield uh, title because I think the league is uh, very unbalanced this year. We went to MLS's back with uh, no arm and no leg, but we still went and fought. Some other teams, due to circumstances, stayed home and waited and prepared to play other games. We play opponents ABC, uh, other teams play opponents DEF. Uh, different scenarios, some teams play home with fans, with some fans. Other teams play home without fans, other teams don't have a home. Everything is so unrealistic and unclear that what am I going to say about points per game? It is what the league decided, and we're going to give our best. At the end of the day, uh, we're going to finish the year with our head eye, guys that fought until the end, a team that, that went all the way believing and keep believing, and we're going to fight. And that's the approach that I like about my group, the attitude of the group how despite everything they keep going and they keep believing and fighting and that's what we want to be. Uh, but I, what can I say more about this year? Does it feel like just the latest punch that the, the league's dealt you? It, it, it feels like you've been underdogs all season and just the latest way that they can kind of knock you down, I guess. I understand the league takes decision based on also what owners want and what owners feel it's fair. But uh, nothing's fair this year. We just have to deal with it. You know, we, we still went to Orlando with a complete depleted team, but we went and we showed up with our head eye and fought without ego. And we still got out of our group. Uh, 
we're, we're going through a lot of things, uh, I'm telling you. And every little extra thing is not a surprise for us. We're just ready to, to do what we have to do. But we're just focusing on what we have to what we have to focus on. What I could promise our fans and promise you guys and promise uh, everybody that follows our team is Sunday, we'll show up to fight with everything we have, uh, with dignity, with, with pride, and, and try to do the best that we can to get something from the game. You know, all the other things this year has been so incredibly special that Anything that, 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 that comes up for me is not a surprise anymore. I know you'd probably much rather talk about PSG than PPG, but I just got one more question about that. More from the I mental side. You can see it uh, behind the mask, but I'm laughing. <laughs> First time I saw it, I thought they were talking about PSG seriously. <laughs> but what does PSG have to do with this? <laughs> It's probably some new weird drill that they'll bring in for next year. But like, just I want to talk about the mental side of that because like, overnight you, you go from being in a playoff spot to being out of the playoff spots because of the new way that it's getting done. I know you can't speak for every single player, but did you notice, did that have any kind of mental impact on the team or has it just made everyone more resolute that, look, we're going to go and do this? Uh, very honestly, Michael, when uh, it came out, we had a meeting at night and, uh, and we just spoke about what we went through during the season. I showed them the schedule. I showed them MLS is back. I showed them the amount of times we played at BC Place out of 23 games. Only four would be played at BC Place all the rest of the way. And uh, the mentality of the guys, it's still one of belief. Uh, it's still one of, uh, at the end of the day, the teams that have games still have to win their games and we have to to try to push and try to be in. Uh, it, it, look, if we don't make it in the last eight, at least we're going to be standing as a team that fought all the way uh, despite everything. And that's what we want to do. So we want to go about what we can control. And what we can control, it's the next two games. But for sure that it's a little bit of a blow when you see it like that. Uh, but the, the mentality of the guys that night, the mentality of the guys in training uh, didn't reflect the, the concentration, uh, the, the, how easy it is to coach them, how they listen, how they go about asking questions. Uh, it's been great. It, it, hasn't, it, it doesn't show signs of a team that is, uh, it, it feels bad about uh, the news. The only frustration I have, Michael, is that I don't think it's a fair schedule. Mm. I really don't think it's a fair schedule overall. You know, it's not fair that the team goes to, to MLS's back the way we went. Uh, it's not fair that some teams don't play. It's not fair that you play in a stadium with fans, the other two, one plays somewhere else. And there's so many things that at the end of the day, you say, who was the best team this year? Who was the best team? It's not even clear. Even I told that to Axel and my staff. 
if the league has to give an MVP award for a player, best young player of the year, all blah, 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 this year, they should give it to, to doctors, you know? Give it to a doctor in New York, MVP, best young player, the youngest nurse that's working hard, give it to him. Because the league is so unrealistic, I would call it, and some of the things that you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make as a group, as a player, and as a coach. You're going to cry about it, or you're going to go out there and fight in every game when there's the game. And that's the mentality that I want, and that's how we're approaching things. We think a lot of the things are unstable or not realistic, but at the end of the day, we have a game Sunday where we're, we're focused on the game, where we're, we're very excited about the game. We want to go out there and win it. So that's, that's our approach and that's what we want to do. I was going to move on from that, but just something you said there. It, it's, it's like teams get punished under this system for being able to play every single game. It's yeah. almost done. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird situation now because you're kind of in limbo. You're, it's not often, I mean, sometimes you have to wait for other teams' results, but this time you're having to wait to see if a game is actually going to go ahead. Just talk a little bit about what that's like for you mentally because it's like you've got one foot out of the playoffs, but then all of a sudden this game could get played on Wednesday and then you're back right in with a chance. It's, it's just a weird mental state to be in, I guess. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. This entire season has been a roller coaster. You know, th- as of two weeks ago, we were in the playoffs, and then the league changes. You know, the the format, the rules to qualify, and you know, unfortunately, that goes against us. And you know, now with this um, LAFC San Jose game, that's going against us. Um, you know, we've we've been in a hotel away from our family. You know, some guys have been away from their kids for what, 50 days now, almost, you know, two months. And, uh, you know, I think it shows what this team has and could have had if we were in a bit of a different situation. You know, we fought hard. We fought hard to to stay in this season and to give ourselves a chance to even make the playoffs. And that I know a lot of people probably didn't think that we had this chance. I know you've been involved with like union stuff and, and things with, with the Caps before. Has there been any discussions between the union and the league as to why it's gone down to points per game and unfair disadvantages and, and stuff like that? Or is it just, it is what it is? Yeah, to, to be honest, I, I didn't speak much with the union about this decision. Um, I, I don't have an answer for you there. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that they were trying to make it fair. But if I'm going to give my opinion, you know, we had to go away from our homes. We played all of our games. You know, we haven't had any positives, positive COVID cases yet. You know, we did our job. And, you know, this that's the best that we can say that we did. You know, we did our job on and off the field. So MDS and Jake Norwinski there talking about points per game. Let's bring Zach and Steve back into the discussion now. Steve, first of all, not a surprise that they were going to go by points per game. We looked at it in the last show. You had some strong feelings on it. It does seem 
unfair. I know you could say, look, the Whitecaps just needed to get the job done on the pitch and then this wouldn't even come into play. But it's not a level playing field and I don't see how you can have a team make the playoffs that's played five less games than another team. Yeah, and it's not even for me, it's not even about the Whitecaps. It's just the fact that they didn't play the games that you needed to play. Um, what would have stopped the White Whitecaps should have essentially, uh, for their away game, should have just caught, uh, faked some COVID tests and sent it in, and, and they would have been able to avoid having to play those games. Um, I, I honestly don't think it's right. And, and again, it has nothing to do with the Whitecaps, where the, where the Whitecaps are. It obviously is going to affect them, but clearly, because the San Jose game, if that game doesn't get replayed, that's definitely going to affect them. So the two teams that are going to beat them for the playoffs, and they're not only going to be the Whitecaps, they're going to be RSL too um, for those spots, uh, mm-hmm. potentially. So it's it's I, I if you're able to play your games, that's what should entail you winning, whether you get the results or not. It shouldn't be, you know, if you like – what if the team had gotten, everybody had gotten like, uh, you got four or five like uh, ACL injuries. Would you have canceled those games and let those players uh, play then or, or not counted or got points per game at that point? No, you wouldn't have. No, but you can't pass on an ACL injury to. No, uh, it's true. Team, but, but, but somebody but, could have the virus, but they don't know they've got it and then pass it on to the, the opposition team. But that's, that's where, that. but you can you can't avoid getting the virus. There is people have shown that that if you're careful, careful, you can't avoid getting it. Even if you're working in a a factory or other stuff like that, if you're careful, you know the protocols. Look in the bubble; nobody got it at all. That's so true. you can say you can say that you there there are ways to avoid it. So you know um, people have done it where they've isolated themselves because they have medical conditions and they don't they don't interact with people. If you're a sports team. You should be, and you and you know this is a livelihood. You should be able to isolate yourself from other situations. Have your family isolate themselves during the season. I know it's not fair, but life isn't fair at this point. The you could easily say it's not fair for the Whitecaps at this point because they've done everything they can to avoid those situations and they played their games. So for me, it's it is unfair. But you know, MLS, they're going to change the rules on the fly. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that they didn't change it back to goals for or. Uh, goal differential this season because the Whitecaps were so low. I, I still wouldn't be surprised if there's a few twists and turns uh, along the way in the in the next week either. But I mean, Zach, is it fair? Do you hold sway with the argument that, look, they had a chance to do it on the pitch if they'd taken more games in the games that they have played, then this wouldn't even come into it. But at the same time, it does feel that you're kind of punished for not having a positive test and being able to play your full season. MLS hasn't been a a, a a balanced schedule league since 2011. 2011 is the last time I remember where every team played every other team home and away, like you're supposed to, like like a proper league does. Um, or sorry, like traditionally most of the leagues around the world do. So it's been imbalanced since then. Um, so it, it it's been it hasn't been perfect or it hasn't been ideal in my opinion since then we've talked about that many times over the years this is obviously a unique year uh listening to what you guys talked about last week uh, well first off steve, steve I, I i don't disagree with you i think um it it, it this is a, a really um unfortunate thing that uh, has has happened and it it does really ruin ruin things i know last week you guys were talking about the supporter shield and all that kind of stuff and 
um, it, it being handed out or not or whatever, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, and I think Stephen Egan last week too, was talking about this points per game. that This is a bit of farcical in, in one sense. I know there have been other leagues that have done it in football in because of COVID. I can't remember which one. Was it the French league or I think there was one league that did do it. Well, I know in England, they decided relegation by points per game. And it meant Wimbledon stayed up by something like 0.01. So you're all for it. I was all for it in that case. Uh, and then Tranmere went down despite having a game in hand. And it's like that to me, I as a Wimbledon fan, obviously I was happy, but I thought that's not right. It's like, it's that's a shocking decision. Now we're in a similar kind of decision. We've played our games. The, the one thing I would say is, if we lose to LA and Colorado somehow get a win in one of their last two games, which could happen because Houston's one of the, the teams that they're playing, they would finish with more points in the Whitecaps anyway. So then it's moot. Yep, they deserve that spot. But if they don't take any more points and we beat the Galaxy, we've got more points than them. Five more points, I think it would be. And there's not to say that they would have won those games to make those points up. So that is when it becomes unfair. The thing is for me is that NFL has a lot more players um, in, the, in, in their teams. They have like sometimes 56 up to like more than that even, but they're, they're separated. Now they have not canceled a single game so far this season. They have basically postponed games, rearranged schedules, and they, they're a team, they're a league that only plays once a week. You can't physically, well, you can play like, on a five days rest, but you can't play multiple games in a, in a week, like, uh, like football, like uh, European football or soccer can. So uh, if they can do it and they're at a league that is, and they're a league that's in way more close proximity than, than any other league. Like they're basically face to face on, on every play. There's players like that. So if they can do it, I don't understand how MLS wasn't able to do it. Like you have, they should have expanded rosters going into this thing being able to sign to five extra players or something like that and be able to be able to have to you know you have to put up put up a team yeah we could reschedule it for another week but you have to put up a team they should even been able to delay the playoffs given a put in a week extra to make up some of those games the problem with signing five extra players steve is that's like whatever let's say I don't know, maybe a quarter of a million dollars expenditure yeah i know and they're not going to willing to do that i know that obvious also, it should be noted as well, though, that Colorado had nine or ten cases, so you're not talking about a small number. It was a big chunk of their squad. But isn't that thirty? Isn't that thirty-man roster? You have twenty players left that are, are fine. They, they should have been able to put up a lineup then. I see that. Yeah, I'm just kind of playing both well, sides here. Yeah, no. I but then it comes back to Steve, like Michael said. With this pandemic, it's there's a whole thing about being asymptomatic, and if you have if you have one third of your squad that has it, like but you don't know how you, long they've had it and how, how the other opportunities they've had. To but the, but these guys are able to test so quickly. Like they tested a baseball player and then they pulled him out in the eighth inning of a game. Like oh, they're really? able to, to yeah, yeah the, the World yeah. World Series the last he, game they he tested he positive and they. He shouldn't have been playing, though, right, Steve? No, he yeah. shouldn't have been playing. But they retested him just to make sure it's not a false positive. And then they re- when they realized it was a positive test, they pulled him out at the eighth inning. They but he still exposed the a whole bunch of other people. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they, they, they went celebrations, right? I know. They went yeah. through it. And then he went to have a celebration. So, yeah. The, and it was the Dodgers, too. So, obviously, Michael wasn't for it. it was very I, I'd, I'd strip him of the title. <laughs> but, but here's but, the, 
Go ahead. No, but like when you talk about like the white caps, right? Like I, I don't, I know I'm typically like the negative guy towards the, the white caps ownership and, and FO amongst us. Uh, although you all have been critical in, 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 at times, but like, do you really think like they're deserving of making a playoffs, even though it's expanded? No, they're they're probably the the way. Uh, yeah, there have been a number of games, but they're an odd team because they'll lose huge and win. In a, in a, that's why their goal differential is so close, and they haven't drawn any games. They win, they either win or lose. It doesn't. You know, they're a team that really, if you look at it on paper, they probably don't deserve to make the playoffs. But then, who else has deserved to it of the teams that are lower? Like I would, I would say Colorado. If they had been able to play all their games, they probably would have been at the top of the conference. But they didn't, and they have. They don't officially. They don't have those points. It's just it's, yeah. for me. It's odd because changing it in like in the last week of this regular season is dumb and stupid. They should have done it at the beginning of the the whole thing. They should have announced that we're going to do points per game because they should have known that they were going to have to cancel some games if this was their policy. Whether the White Caps were affected by this or not, I would still feel the same way. That I don't think it's fair. If you're going to have teams playing an uneven amount of games, you're as well just letting every single team into the playoffs this year and just saying, we'll use whatever you've got points per game as your seeding and then just take it from there. But another thing that I don't like about this as well is there's this window between the end of the season, decision day, next Sunday, and the playoffs getting underway because it's an international break. So the scope there to play more games in that window but MLS are choosing not to. So there is possible time to get games played, but for whatever reason, they don't want to. So again, I don't think that's fair. So when you're having things like that, just let everyone in. Just have a free-for-all. Because in the past, they've let uh, games go on while the World Cup was on. Yeah. And there were players missing for that, or Euro competitions, or Copa America, or whatever whatever other competitions there are out there. The only, I think... Even Gold Cup, their own uh, domestic uh, title or whatever you want to call it, international title. They, they they basically let games go on during that too. So what are you talking about that you couldn't play during the international break or, or other international breaks? There should have been more opportunities. So for me, again, like the, what would, like what season was it where the Whitecaps were missing like four or five of their top players due to international thing or something? And they basically had a, a – a, there was a year Watson, Watson mm. went to uh, – Watson Cup. went. World Cup possibly. I can't yeah. remember now. But there was a season there's a season where they were missing three or four of the top players due to the international break. I don't think you it might have been international break. Who cares? But the, but the fact is that they they were they had to play those games. The thing is as well, like th- this is affecting the battle was really between San Jose, Colorado, Vancouver and RSL. It's four unfashionable teams and sexy teams. If the Galaxy had been more in the mix, for example, or it had been Seattle or Portland or LAFC that was down there getting affected, or if it was, say, Atlanta in the East, who it could still kind of come down to for them, there'd be a much bigger uproar, but no one's really given a toss because it's Vancouver that's probably going to be the, the, the team that misses out. And I know it's like, oh, you're playing the poor me Canadian card again. But, I mean, it, it's true. Would it be farcical... To just have every single team in the playoffs this year. Just make an exception because it's 2020 and this is a farcical year. I think that could have been something that would have helped ease the the pain of this. 
um, or, or the awkwardness of the every, you know, teams playing different amount of games. Um, and, you know, I, I personally, I think it would be better in terms of like, it would be like a, having an MLS league and an MLS open cup. Right. Um, but uh, on the, on the other side of that, um, for someone like the Vancouver Whitecaps and uh, I, as as much as again, as much as I do, do, I am critical of things. When you're talking about how how do they need to move forward? Well, I think arguably they there needs to be change, and change doesn't happen when things go well. Change only happens when things kind of go go hit rock bottom or go really really poorly. So if Vancouver's able to come out of the 2020 season and say no 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 we made the playoffs. It doesn't matter if there was eight teams out of twelve or whatever it is something that they would have the front office and the ownership and the executives, especially would have clung to like uh, a badge of honor. And when really it's like a participation medal or a participation badge. Um, so I think when you're talking about from the, from the white caps, I think it's better if they don't make the playoffs in terms yeah. of the long-term bigger picture overall, Lo- what's the better- long-term health of the club for sure that the, it's a better option for that. But even but but the problem is this is a pandemic year and yeah. so uh, they'll that, use excuse anyways. That, yeah. That'll be yeah. the that'll be yeah that'll be yeah. there. I, I mean I know you can't this you can't factor this into it, but with what these guys have gone through, they they deserve not to get shafted by by something else. Like I say, Colorado could end up finishing with more points than in anyway, as could San Jose. So in that case, it's fair. Got no complaints at all for for me. Going back to Zach's question though is. Would the Whitecaps do anything once they got into the playoffs? To be honest, probably not. But as Steve said, they could be full of surprises. Har had worked out some interesting stats. It's Whitecaps road stats since MLS is back. They've been outscored 21-3 to in nine matches and shut out in seven of those nine matches. Three goals in nine matches on away from from home, I know one of them was in Portland, so technically home, but you know what I mean. And no goals in open play for 456 minutes. That's just, like, shocking. So, I mean, those stats are pretty poor. It does look like we would struggle if we did make the playoff. So, you could say, is it worth getting there? I kind of feel, with everything that the guys have been through, it just would be worthwhile for them. For me, it's like, uh, like, like again, like my whole rant about the points per game thing. I don't doesn't make a difference to me if it was the Whitecaps or somebody else because I prefer them not to make the playoffs, like end their season, get the get everybody back home to their families, let them get ready for next year. Maybe the the uh, you know the front office and the coaching staff can get a jump start on signing some new players because obviously, like I said, this season. As soon as they get into the playoffs, it's you know they're going to face one of the top teams. They're going to they're going to probably put a rollout the same thing about playing it safe, and then eventually get rolled over in the second half because that's usually that's you know the storyline of the year that's been like you you know you mentioned that what was it eighteen to three I think you said the, the like shots it was twenty one the, the to goals three. no yeah, being tw- outscored tw- tw- yeah twenty one to, to three yeah and that's them playing it safe and they got a minus <laughs> eighteen goal differential yeah. so you know. W- Really, they're all, the the game. It's not like they were playing in a neutral site. They're going to be playing it in uh, an away stadium. They have no chance of winning any games. I, I know. Mean, any, I know anything can happen in the playoffs, but no, not this time. 
No, I mean, yeah, of course a player is going to want to go as far as they can. Uh, and like you've told us before, Michael, like you, you, as you interview the players, they don't want this all to feel like it's for nothing. So for the players' sake, yeah, it would be nice for them to be able to make the playoffs so it, it feels better than how it feels not to make the playoffs. But for the organization, I don't, I don't think it's the, the best to help them move forward. Cup football, I do think anything can happen, but I don't know. We'll see. But so just to, to clarify, right now it's a waiting game. If LAFC and San Jose can get played midweek, probably Wednesday, San Jose need to lose that. San Jose need to lose on Sunday to Seattle. And Seattle pushing for first place in the West. And the Whitecaps need to beat the Galaxy. If those three things happen, the Whitecaps get into the playoffs, not on points per game because they're tied with San Jose in that case, but they get through in the tiebreaker of the most wins. It would be a very 2020 thing for, for all that to happen. But I asked Jake this after the game. From a player's point of view, mentally, he said it's been a roller coaster of a season and this just adds to it. But right now, you've got one foot out of the playoffs, maybe a few toes as well, but you've got this hope that you still might be in. So you're just in this limbo. You don't know if you're going to be soon at home and reunited with your family or what. You're waiting for stuff to happen. It's all out of your hands. It's just another thing to add to how tough it's been for them this this year, Steve. Yeah, and I I would say like do something crazy in order to resolve this. Uh, have a maybe a play-in game where you combine the teams San Jose and Vancouver. You put the, the best players, put them together on one team. Play Colorado. If you can eliminate <laughs> Colorado, they're out of the playoffs, and the Vancouver and San Jose both make it in. Let's do something nuts. Yeah, just twenty 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 twenty. 2020 has been nuts. Just just do something nuts. Well, I mean, I have heard that Colorado are going to be rebranding to be called the Coronarado Rapid Testings. But that could just be a rumour. So the last thing we'll just talk about to do with the playoffs and MLS and everything like that. So we've seen what's happened. Two games called off this weekend because of COVID. The USL League One Championship was called off because of COVID and that was given to one of the teams. But the actual USL Championship game this weekend between Tampa Bay and Phoenix was called off as well because of COVID. And that was because Tampa Bay came down, a lot of their players had tested positive for COVID. So in League One, it had given been given to the other team, but they didn't do it in the Championship because that would have meant giving it to Phoenix and with everything that happened around the, the homophobic abuse and stuff, it would not have gone down well. But the question to put to you to round this part off, what do you think the chances are that we can get through the MLS playoffs without there being more testing and at least one team having to forfeit a playoff game? I, I think it's inevitable based on what they've done so far. And the, the, the fact that cases are keep going up and up, in, especially in the U.S., not that they're that great here, but in the U.S., it's just gone exponential, and I don't, I don't see how they're going to get, especially the way they're uh, conducting everything. There are going to be more positive tests, and they, and if they're not willing to play the game, and instead just postpone it, that's going to create such havoc everywhere in, in the playoffs. So I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Well, the games are thick and fast, Zach. It's like they've not got a chance to postpone it. It would have to be a forfeit. 
Yeah. No, the, yeah. It would, yeah. If, if only one team uh, has an issue, you're right. I think it's going to be a forfeit. I don't think you're going to, yeah, I don't think you're going to see it like whoever had the most points per game go through. Um, but, but uh, yeah, the, the sort of herd immunity mentality that it's, it seems to be the focus of some people in the States, uh, you, you, you can't see another MLS team not um, falling by the wayside due to the virus. Like we've already saw, you know, two at MLS's back. We're sort of seeing with Colorado. Um, it, it feels like Steve said, it feels inevitable uh, that uh, we'll see more casualties of this. Yeah, we're probably going to find out that in two weeks' time, the Whitecaps will get a phone call going, hey, one of the teams has dropped out because they've got a test. Can you guys possibly come back and, and be in the playoffs? That would be peak 2020. But that is it for our MLS chat for tonight's show. We're having a shorter show tonight. We're only having three parts. And we'll be back with the final part where we're going to have a little bit of chat about CPL after this. Hi, I'm Lucas Cavallini. You're listening to the AFT Soccer Show. Welcome back to the final part of tonight's slightly shorter AFTN soccer show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, I thought I'd have a little Halloween theme, so I've played a song by a very good friend of mine from back in Scotland, Danny Holland. That was a single that he released, I think, in about 99 or 2000, called Hey Halloween. Great little song. Longtime friend, he was in a band called Angels of Lust, which I managed. I was their manager, Mike Raven. Happy days. What's your favorite Halloween song, Zach? Uh, it has. What was that hit by uh, the one, the the Billboard to- topping song by Angels of Lust, Michael? Oh well, they had Epilogue. That would be a that would be a big Angels of Lust song. I wasn't a very good band manager. I did not get him a contract, sadly, but there we go. For me, it's a, a thriller, uh, uh, the rendition by Pablo Duca. I was going to say Pablo Duca. We yeah. Are we using that somewhere this year? Well, I was going to say, funny you should mention that. Let's hear that just now. Darkness fall across the land, the midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures clawed in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood, and whosoever shall be found. 
Without the soul for getting down, must be standing face the bounds of hell and a rot inside of a coarse shell. The foulest stench in the air, the funk of 40,000 years and grisly growls from every tomb are closing in to share your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body start to shiver, for no more mere mortal can exist. The evil of the thriller. <laughs> Ah, Pamaduka, what a thriller, as was his team for, for a lot of the island games, especially with Marco Bustis in fine form. That kind of brings us nicely into talking about some CPL in, in this part. We're not going to go too too much into stuff, but I, I just wanted to kind of touch on some rumours that came out. Manuel Veth and Transfer Market had revealed this, and I've been wanting to speak to Zach on the show about this for a couple of weeks, but we've not been able to. Apparently, there's three Bundesliga teams been putting out feelers or are interested in putting a Canadian Premier League team or working with a Canadian Premier League team in the lower mainland. The teams that were mentioned were Zach's Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund and Werder Bremen. I don't know if there's much truth to this rumour, but we'll delve a little bit into it first thing to ask you, Zach, is would you be excited by having more Germans in the Lower Mainland? An invasion of sorts. Oh my, Michael. Um, I I mean, this is a little bit of a a potentially awkward situation because, yeah, I I desperately long for there to be a local club in uh, the Lower Mainland that people can su- support and be proud of and it to be run like a, you know, a, a football club should be um, particularly this side of the this side of the river that, that I live on that you all, well, that you like to make fun of Michael that Steve also lives, <laughs> lives on. Um, you mean exactly. the, the part of the lower mainland that is driving all the coronavirus cases just now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an exile. I'm an expatriate of the Vancouver area. I, I don't know, my I just live on a mountain. And I try and stay up there as much as possible. Actually, you're in the interior, so I mean that's yeah. Um, but uh, no, so, I, so I'm kind of torn because I want to see a Canadian Premier League club come to the come to the Fraser Valley and and be a meaningful football club. Obviously, my first love in club football is Bayern Munich since like I don't know 1993 or so, uh, and so um, in one sense. It would be nice if that was the cl- if that if that if that the uh, reported rumors or suggestions or whatever were true and they were involved. It would be exciting in one respect. However, um, as, as as okay as much as I'm o- kind of okay with you know uh, Ottawa having a club uh, this year in the Canadian Premier League and being connected to Atletico Madrid. Um, I'm okay with that in part because it's not, not my club. Um, so I don't know. Like, I don't know how I, I don't know how, how I feel. I guess I'm torn. Like, like I want a club so bad, but would I be what I want it so bad that it's technically owned by some other club in another part of the world, even if it is a part of the world that I love, or even is the club that, that I, you know, first fell in love with. If I'm, if I'm Bayern and I own the club in the Fraser Valley, the number one, first thing I do is make Alfonso Davies part owner. 
even if it's a small ownership <laughs> level, maybe 10% or something like that. You put him in there. He's your face of your French, uh, French club. Sorry. Sorry, oh, Zach. Face, uh, for your face of your, your face of, for your face of your club. And that would increase. I'm, I'm assuming that would do better than Steve Nash being a part owner of the Whitecaps. Like, oh, that would be so. more legitimacy. So I, that's the first thing I would do. Um, for well, one thing I will mention, first thing I saw when I saw the German club, I was going, Oh my god, what if it's Red Bull? Like, it becomes Red Bull <laughs> Fraser Valley. <laughs> Zach would just have a horrible thing. Um, and then the when they said the name, what, what, what do you want to name it? First thing that again came to my mind is you got to name it Fraser United because the initials are perfect for any kind of chant. Well, if it's German, then you go, you go, uh, Eintracht. Eintracht Fraser Valley or Fraser Valley, Ein, like yeah, Eintracht Fraser Valley, which because Eintracht is the German word for United. So yeah, yeah like, not yeah. something but like then you, Bayern Langley. No, because that doesn't make any sense. Because Bayern is the name of Bayern. It, Bayern, it, it'd be like, it, well, if they want to go, with the, if they want to call it like BC something or other, then that yeah. would work. Because hmm. Bayern is the name of of the province of the state of the state that that Munich's in, right? That is the. But I'm I'm saying Fraser United, man. Imagine everybody could just say F U F U, and you yeah. wouldn't get in trouble because that's I the got that. I like club. that. I, I love it. I mean, we've we've got the Germans taking over the CPL. We've got Axel talking about maybe trying to have a working relationship with a, a German club for, for the Whitecaps. Yeah, ho- hopefully those two things are not connected. I that that crossed my mind, but I I all I kept thinking is Rob Friend's got all his contacts over in Germany. Who, who Rob Friend used to play for? Are you already there? Or eighteen sixty Munich? Oh yeah, that's not. Bochum, cool. Gladbach, Hertha Berlin, Frankfurt. Um, he's, so he's played in some good places. But he, but I'm assuming he's made connections in other clubs too. It's not like he's just yeah. like been connected to those clubs. He yeah. knows people around the league. Yeah. No, I I think well, Michael, to, to go back to what you just said, I think most people in the Lower Mainland who understand the Whitecaps want the the Fraser Valley team or the lower mainland team to have absolutely nothing to do with the white caps. Yeah. yeah. Such a tainted uh, uh, club. It's a tainted brand. It's like no one, no one wants anything to do with them, especially from a organizational uh, kind of standpoint. Right. You, I mean, yeah. Um, but uh, Void just, the just to intersperse there, I don't know why I never thought of this before. It's just come to me just now headline for all the white caps with their goalkeeping injuries this year. Tainted glove. That's a perfect, perfect title. Missed that. Oh, I'll, I'll work on that for later in the year. Maybe Bush will get hurt in the last game. Oh, don't even suggest that. I like Evan. Um, no, so I mean, yeah. I thought you liked Bush. Not going there, sadly. It's been a disappointing Wait, anniversary weekend. No, so uh, yeah, multi multi uh, clubs with their own multiple teams or owners that own multiple teams. I'm not a huge fan of in general, um, but I guess it would it would have to depend. Because here's the other thing: if a German club comes in and they run it like a German club, not just like hey, a North American uh, marketing mm. uh, opportunity, so like fan ownership or, or memberships, or yeah, but not memberships like like the Whitecaps are doing. Where oh no. Just, the Whitecaps membership is like that episode of Friends where, you know, Ross wants to quit the gym, right? You know, and it's harder <laughs> to quit the gym when you're a member, right? Like, that that's all that is. is The, the Whitecaps membership is a harder way for you to quit your season tickets. That's 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 all it is. It's oh, less work for them. Look at the three of us chatting about gyms as if we know what we're talking about. I've had gym membership, haven't you? 
No. Steve, you've had a gym membership. I currently have one now that I haven't used in one months. I, I've been to a gym three times in my life, and that was just the in-house gym at work. Oh, I thought you were going to say gym down the street. Yeah, I have like a gym <laughs> I, can use, I can use here at the office, but it's not like a weight gym. It's more like a running sports kind of gym. But Oh, you don't want to do that. Hmm. But anyway, back, back to Germans and the CPL. I mean, it, it could create a pathway. You've got young Canadian talent then going over there and then German talent coming over here. So, I mean, that... We didn't quite see that so far yet with, with Madrid, but it's been a weird season for that. No, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah. That, for, for me, it'll all come down to what club they are and how, how, how are they actually running it. Because um, without going into the, the, the details... The potential for a Fraser Valley club uh, in in uh, in the CPL, you know, going back over the last what is it three four years now, like there were some pretty exciting elements to what was hopefully going to be a part of that, and it hasn't happened for a number of reasons. And uh, uh, who knows who knows you know where it's going to land one day. But I just hope that the when this club gets going it's it's just done well and done done in a, a a way that will help it flourish help the game flourish and will um just be a great community football club that the area the region can be proud of and can support through uh winning and losing and tying and um yeah yeah i mean let's hope so i mean it's it's been very quiet on the expansion front obviously because of covid would you expect to see any teams take the risk and be added for 2021 with everything that's going on? I don't think 2021 will be. I think 2022 could be a better option. Um, I think uh, at this point, I would say Fraser Valley team, and I think a team in Quebec would be the uh, the optimal thing to do. Just, just Saskatchewan know, too. Saskatchewan's in there too. Yeah. If you, but if you're going to do it, make sure you do even number of teams. Don't oh, yeah. do uneven teams. Do not do yeah. that, please, CPL. It, and there's all there's. When you talk to people who are involved in different places and what's going on and how it's gone about, and there's so many different voices that have that I've been listening to over the last whatever it is, almost four years now, uh, or at least three and a half years. That um, each of those places you mentioned have great opportunities, but also have some significant challenges or. Um, how should I put it? Some significant differences in approaches between maybe the people involved or people who want to be involved in the league and all this kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, ultimately the hope for the league is that uh, one is the pandemic doesn't ruin it. Um, and two, that eventually when they do um, choose to become larger, which I think is, is the path forward. I think we all would say is the path forward that they'll do it in the, in the right way. So like you guys just said, like, yeah, not going through seasons with odd numbers of teams would be helpful. And uh, capping it at a certain point and long-term, living out what they said they were going to do at the beginning, which is creating a true pyramid in, in Canada, which would involve having a, a second division that then hopefully links up with the third division that exists in Ontario and Quebec and is supposed to be starting here um in uh the spring which i'm also really really excited about because there also is um some stuff happening there that i'm i'm hoping to maybe engage with or um yeah be, be a part of or whatever so we'll see we'll see how well, all that 
honestly, the long term, the lower mainland needs to have at least two teams. Like two very- teams. I don't know if that could like the lower the lower mainland needs to have one on either side of the river in the Canadian Premier League. Well, I don't know uh, if that'll. I don't know. I, I would say one in the island, one in the lower mainland, and one in the Okanagan. I, I think you could do Okanagan. I don't think you could do th- the, if you include the Whitecaps. I know you're saying that a lot of people don't want to support the Whitecaps. I think the Whitecaps will seen be seen as a bigger option, like for the casual fan. Well, I don't. I don't want the Whitecaps in the in the Canadian Premier League and. No, I don't either. But I don't. I don't see how you could have three teams in the lower mainland, with, including the white caps. caps. I yeah, think, I think you can. It just it oh. takes the right circumstances, which, which there's, uh, which there's potential for. Let's just put it that way. True, true. I mean, there there is there's been interest. I'm sure we've all heard rumors in our circles of people that have been interested in maybe having a team. COVID's kind of hit some of that hard, but I don't know. We'll see what happens as long as there is at least one team because it would just be nice to get out to some games and obviously we don't know what's happening with COVID and how the border's going to affect everything. Uh, MLS season, next season could kick off with another all-Canadian thing for who knows how long as we have a never-ending games back and forward and then we'll just have to see what happens after that. A lot still up in the air. Whitecaps playoff hopes being one of them. We'll know a lot more by the time we do next Sunday's show. That is pretty much it for this week's show. Just before we go, though, it's time for this week's wavelength. And for this week's wavelength, we're going back to 1996 and a song from English singer-songwriter Murray Torkildson. This is a song from his one and only solo album, Sex, Lies and Video Games... And this is something I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably would like us to stop doing. This is Stop Talking Football.
Murray Tolkid's in there from 1996. Stop talking football. We'll never stop talking about football. We just love it so much and hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us chat about it some more this week. But as the lyrics say there, show us something, show us something. Hopefully the Whitecaps can show us something next week if indeed that last game against the LA Galaxy still has something on the line. We'll find out that, I guess, midweek, if we know if the San Jose LAFC game goes ahead. But that is pretty much it for this week's show. Just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. Starting with you, Steve. On Twitter, at WhitecapsBeat. For me in the Twitterverse, it's at ZacharyAM. Now, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN ca please give a like and a subscribe and turn notifications to our youtube channel just search youtube.com backslash aftn canada we might have some more live stuff going on that pretty soon and you can always give us a follow on instagram at aftn soccer just before we go i want to give a big shout out to a long time listener and we've chatted a lot by email back and forward randy dubert who bought us coffees uh on the AFTN website, there's a buy me a coffee tab that you can click and for three bucks you can buy us a coffee. So it's bought all of us a coffee. But Zach, you're only getting your coffee if you stop calling hockey ice hockey because you're Canadian and you should not be calling it ice hockey apparently. Is that is that from Randy? Yes. Okay, a couple, couple things. One, Randy is a, a quality fellow. Uh, two, um, I will always call it ice hockey. Three, I don't drink coffee. That's good. I'll I'll keep that then. Yeah. So, G, you're a coffee, Steve. Do you drink coffee? Yes, and I don't call it ice hockey because it is hockey. I do call it ice hockey because we also play a lot of field hockey over in the UK. So I I understand that. I understand that. But hockey was invented as the ice hockey version of it. So that's hockey. And then anything in addition to that, that's where you change the name. Well, except for except for it's the, like you call you, lacrosse is lacrosse, and then you call field lacrosse field lacrosse because it's in the field, but the lacrosse is actually lacrosse. Sure, I, I mean for me it's like I call it football because that's what its name is and that's what it's called. Uh-huh. Yeah, the world. So I call ice hockey ice hockey because that's what the rest most of the rest of the world calls it anyways. Yeah, well, it, where it was invented, it was. What if do you like enjoy people calling it soccer, football? Yeah, I'm uh, well, I'm okay with it as a. 
sometimes. Uh, so then you should be okay with hockey then. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, oh, I'm okay with people. People can call whatever they want. Yeah, I am always going to call. Oh, it. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm I don't correct people. I'm not going around correcting people. But when I refer to it, I always refer to it as ice hockey. Yeah. There we go. And I, and I play it like I like I appreciated the game growing up. I played. But that is it for tonight's show. We'll be back next week. We might have our end of season show next week. If we do do that, we're going to be looking at our our usual topics. Player of the season, goal of the season, game of the season, etc, etc. One thing, I'll just leave you guys thinking about this and our listeners as well. I think it's almost impossible to pick a player of the season because I don't think anyone has actually stood out enough for the whole season to merit that. I already have mine. Ah, okay. Well, we'll get to that next week, maybe. But until next week, thank you for listening. Take care and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.